Elite Expert Insider, the podcast that educates, inspires, and motivates you to take your business and life to the next level. We would like to thank Audible for supporting Elite Expert Insider. Please go to the link bit.ly forward slash Elite Audible. That's bit.ly forward slash Elite Audible. And get a free 30-day trial to show your support. Thank you, Audible. Now to Elite Expert Insider for conversations with industry leaders. Hi, I'm Melanie Johnson. Thanks for joining our podcast today. We want to remind you to subscribe to us and share us. We have a terrific show for you today. Um, we have uh, Rob Schallenberger with us. He is a best-selling author. He has written three books and has another one coming out that will be out in a few months. Um, he was in the Air Force. He has really high standards. He is a great leader. He's been on a mission. He's a missionary. He um, has a book out about how to be a leader and have successful tools. He's going to give us some of those tips and tricks today, and he's also also going to share with us how he wrote his book and became an author. He has just a tremendous story to share with us, and we're excited to have you here today, Robert. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey, well, it's fun to be with you, Melanie and Jen, and I feel like I'm the one on the outside here. I'm just watching watching both of you, so I'm sorry uh, I can't be on the video, but actually, I think it's much better for your listeners that they look at you two uh, rather than having to look at my face. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. Well, you look really good in blue. I just have you in blue right here. So um, we know you're, uh, we have one podcast called Hot Chicks Write Hot Books, and we invite hot guys too. So, you know, we're going to, uh, we're going to just put you in that hot guy category and it's just a mystery. Well, I have right? a good neighbor who will fit that category then. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, listen, you have had such an interesting background. So um, instead of me giving, I didn't want to give too much away in the intro. So I would really like for you to tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey from getting from how you started to becoming an author and where you are now. Well, yeah, let me give you the nutshell version, and then if you want to go into some of those specifics in a little bit more detail, I'd be happy to do that. Uh, so I grew up in Orem, Utah, and stayed here until I was about 18 years old. Like you said, I served a two-year mission for our church in Bolivia, which was an incredible experience. Uh, after that, graduated from Utah State in 2000 and went on to become a fighter pilot where I flew F-16s for 11 years. I just had phenomenal experiences doing that, living all over the, the world, you know, flying at 50,000 feet over the Gulf of Mexico, 1.4 times the speed of sound where you can actually see the curvature of the earth. Uh, so it's just some amazing experiences doing that. Well, Robert, I have to tell you, not everybody can do that. I mean, it takes a special <laughs> person to be able to have the uh, confidence and courage to be able to do that and the wherewithal to, to do that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the body acclimates. First few times I got sick and used my little throw-up bag, but after I, you know, the body acclimates. <laughs> uh, <laughs> after with anything, you can push yourself, and sometimes you just have to go through the throw-up mode to get to the other side. That's right. That's exactly right. And then after that, my last year in the Air Force, I had the chance to work with Air Force One, so traveled all over the world with Air Force One as an advance agent, working with the White House staff, Foreign Embassy, Secret Service, uh, and then shifted out of the Air Force about five years ago, moved back to Utah. And with my father, we started a company called Becoming Your Best Global Leadership, and it's helping people become great leaders to get great results in their homes, in their businesses, uh, how to motivate and give the tools to their teams to help them succeed. And really, we identified 12 things that set apart great leaders from everyone else. Okay. And so that's the genesis of, of my background. And if you want to go into detail in any of those areas, I'd be happy to do that. 
but it's been a great journey, and I should say what I feel has been you know, the greatest accomplishment is just simply being married for 17 years and having four kids. Yeah, <laughs> that's definitely a great, great accomplishment for sure. For sure. Well, I really love the title of your book, the, the 12 Principles of Highly Successful Leaders. I like that subtitle, Becoming Your Best. I think that's, that's a great, great title. So, so tell us more about your journey on, on with the book and, and when, you wanted, you know, when you started. How did you know you wanted to write a book? Yeah, and I'm kind of curious how you took your um, expertise and experiences from Air Force One and being that fighter pilot and going on those mission trips and compiled all that into um, learning the knowledge to be a leader. Well, do you mind if I share a story with you? Let me go back before that. Sure. Because I don't – there probably are a handful of people who start out early on at five years old and say, you know, I want to be an author. I want to write this book. But almost everyone who I know who's actually done that didn't come uh, with that approach. Uh, it maybe happened in a roundabout way, something they didn't expect to have happen, and they ended up writing a book. Uh, so for me, when I was in high school, you know, it was kind of a tough time. When I was 16, 17 years old in that transition, uh, it was one of those times in life where I'm trying to figure out, you know, what is it I want to do? What is it I'm? <laughs> what does Rob want to do with his life? And just to give you an idea of where it was at. Uh, I started out my first term of my junior year with a 2.1 GPA. The second term was 1.8. Third term was 1.6, and my fourth term came in at a whopping 0.6 GPA, uh, which you actually have to work to get a 0.6 GPA. <laughs> uh, you have to work at doing nothing. You have to work at doing – we sure had a lot of fun, though. But uh, I was really at a point where I'm trying to figure out life. You know, I knew that things were not going well, that it was going south. And then I, that summer, I worked at a water park as their garbage guy. So my job was to walk around and pick up trash. And I specifically remember one hot, sunny day, I'm walking along, and there was this half-eaten hot dog sitting on the ground. So I reached down, pick it up, and throw it in the bag, and get ketchup and mustard all over my arms. And something snapped or changed inside of me at that point. I'm thinking, you know what? Is this what I want to be doing the rest of my life, is picking up garbage and other people's trash? And after that switch, that seed of desire that planted in me something that wasn't there before, I started asking the question, Rob, what is it that you want to do then? What is your vision? And that's when I developed a vision to be a fighter pilot in the Air Force. And everything changed. Once you have a clear, compelling vision, it changes everything. So then I started developing the plan. Well, how am I going to make that a reality? What are some things and steps that I need to take to become a fighter pilot? Well, one, have to graduate from high school. <laughs> so that had to change. Uh, two, you have to go to college and have a pretty high GPA because you're going to be competing with some very sharp people from across the nation, other cadets. So I went from D's and F's to straight A's. Graduated from high school. Went on to graduate uh, cum laude from college and get an MBA. Uh, I had a very There's clear plan. All those moms that have freshmen and sophomores that are crashing and burning, There's, you give them hope. <laughs> well, I know what it's like. Uh, but what changed it was a clear vision. That inspired me. And so you know, start, you start to think about and ask, what gets you excited? What gets you passionate about something that would cause you to get up in the morning and say, you know what, I'm excited to face this day? Well, for eight years, that's what I had, and it became a very crystal clear direction for me. Really, it was two things, serve a mission and become a fighter pilot. And that guided the next eight years with no wavering, no question, very determined and focused on that. Well, after that, I got into the fighter pilot world and had some incredible experiences. But I want you to think about your life for just a second. And listeners, think about your life. 
uh, see if you've gone through something like I went through. You know, after flying and achieving that dream and being in the world of the Air Force for about five to six years, it was still an incredible experience. But the excitement of it started to wear off a little bit. And so what had once been my vision was no longer getting me excited and passionate to get up in the morning. So I started asking the question, well, what else is there? And that's where the genesis really started happening of this uh, company that I formed with my dad that we did together and, and where it's grown to. And we have a, an outstanding team. But that started happening in my mind about five years into the Air Force, no longer being happy or being totally fulfilled by doing that. Now, where does this come into being an author and writing these books? Well, you get all this experience in the fighter pilot world about planning and execution. I mean, that became our world. And, and you think about your life and how you want to accomplish something. Well, what is your plan to accomplish it? Because action without planning tends to be wishful thinking. <laughs> yeah, that's a very true statement. <laughs> and so what is our plan to accomplish? Well, in the fighter pilot world, we always had a clear vision, a specific objective or goal, and then a plan to accomplish that. We flew to it, we briefed, and we debriefed to that plan. And so we lived in that world day in and day out. And I was very surprised coming out of that world that, for the most part, in the quote-unquote the civilian world, in businesses and in life, we're kind of just flying by the seat of our pants and hoping that things work out. And if you look at statistics, that just tends to not work out that way. When you write it down, when you have a clearly written goal, you're 90% more likely to accomplish something. And so really learning that planning and expertise in that arena then led me into this world and saying, you know what, there's a real gap. There's a real gap for this, and what difference would it make in a marriage if you could have a plan together? What difference would it make with your team if you had a clear vision and a plan? Uh, and so these questions started coming to my mind, which then uh, led to one of the books. Now, you mind if I just share how the Becoming Your Best book came about? Yeah, let's hear that story. So my dad, 40 years ago, started a company that most people in Utah would be familiar with. They had 700 sales reps. So he started asking the question, well, how do I help each one of them become a great leader, become a great sales reps? And what is it that great leaders do that everyone else doesn't do? And then, you know, this took basically three to four decades of research. Imagine that, 40 years. How long you've been alive? That's a, lot, that's a long time thinking about that question. Well, I joined him in that process about seven years ago. So we interviewed a sales team. And if you go into a company and look at their sales teams, almost always you're going to have a large pool of people right in the middle, and you'll have one or two outliers who are just absolutely killing it. Well, what's different about those one or two outliers? What are they doing differently? And if you look at business, you're going to find a handful of great leaders that have success everywhere they go, while most others struggle and seem to be caught in this mediocrity trap. And you can point to several examples of that. Well, what's different about great leaders? What is it they do differently? And ultimately, we identified there are 12 things that great leaders do that most other people don't do. And when you do those 12 things, you end up getting great results. And it can be in a personal life, in your marriage, and certainly in your business. And so that was the genesis as we took all of those 12 principles and things that cause great leaders and put them into the book, Becoming Your Best, The 12 Principles of Highly Successful Leaders. And it's been amazing to watch the receptivity of it around the world and how it's impacted businesses and people's lives in Rwanda, Mauritius, the Philippines, Australia, and of course throughout the U.S. So that's just a little bit of a genesis of where we were, where we came today, and then maybe if you want, we can get into some more specifics on that. But that's kind of a basic background on, on where we were and then what took us to today. You know what I'm so impressed with is that 
you said when you got the vision at first, we were crashing and burning in high school and then had this vision of this is not where I want to be and decided who you wanted to be, that before any of your training, you realized you needed a plan. And most people don't realize they need that plan, especially at 14, 15 years old. They're shooting in the dark. And you came up with this plan of how to get into the Air Force, what it needed to take, and then getting into the Air Force, that's really how they they execute everything, is having the vision and having the plan. And it really fine-tuned those skills for you. It seemed like you just took that to a whole nother level. And so many people in life, uh, I noticed that you were saying you, you felt like you had outgrown where you were, the Air Force, and it wasn't as exciting to you. And that happens to so many people in different aspects of their life, whether it's in a marriage, a relationship, a job. Um, so it's, I like how you say, can you take those skills and uh, vision of deciding where you are and maybe you're not happy with it, how do you create, uh, what are some steps of creating a plan for somebody and coming up with a vision for yourself if you're complacent where you are? Okay, uh, let me go back and clarify one thing you said. I didn't, I, if I said I didn't mean to, and that is I didn't mean to say that I outgrew the Air Force because <laughs> uh, there are some incredible people there. It's just simply, it wasn't fueling my passion any longer at that point. Right. Uh, so I certainly don't mean to imply that I outgrew it because there are some incredible people there. Uh, but it just simply wasn't driving that fire inside of me anymore. To answer your question, uh, number one, come up with a vision that gets you excited. So I was in Canada speaking to a group of 300 entrepreneurs about three weeks ago. I'm sitting down with a doctor for breakfast and we're talking about this. He's a very successful doctor. He owns a sleep clinic. And I asked him, what's your vision? He said, yeah, you know, I don't have one right now. I love being a doctor. I love the sleep clinic and all that's great, but I just don't have this something inside of me. And so I asked him, what are some things that you want to accomplish? Just tell me about, you know, what do you see yourself doing over the next 10 to 20 years that would get you excited? So he started talking about these different things and then he came on writing a book. And his eyes lit up. He said, you know, I really want to write this book. I've just been passionate about history and, and this and that. I'd really love to do this. And I said, Joe, pause. You just found your vision. I could see your eyes light up. You got excited about it. Now, does that mean you have to stop working in your clinic? No. Does that mean you have to stop being a doctor and running your business? Of course not. That can still be part of your passion. But what gets you excited? When you started talking about writing a book, that now can become your driving vision. Yeah. Not setting the other stuff aside, but something that gives you a direction and a course. So once you have a vision that gets you excited, write it down, put it in a place where you see it often. It should define you. Number two, develop a very specific goal. And this is hard for most executives. It's hard for most people. It's a real skill set that is developed, but it can be learned and it can be developed. So what is your objective? Is it to write a book or is it to write a book for mothers trying to reach teenage children and finish the book by December 30th, 2016? You got it really clear. Putting yeah. a deadline on it. Exactly. Yes, so make your goal specific. Doing it and a target date. So making your goal specific, measurable, you know, the SMART acronym, achievable, relevant, and time-specific. Uh, so having a clearly articulated goal. Now, that's not the plan. That's simply the objective or the goal. And this is what we would do as a fighter pilot. What's the vision? Rescue the down pilot. What's our objective? Keep all air threats inactive between 1600 and 1630 Zulu. Great. That's a clear objective. What's the plan? Here's how we're going to do it. And then same thing for our listeners. What's your vision? What's your objective or goal? And then what's your plan? Specifically, who will do what by when? And when you have it written out, I already said that you're 90% more likely to accomplish something. And here's the irony. Only 10% of people have clearly written goals 
3% of people have a plan attached to their goals. So it's a formula for success that I see over and over. I'm training the Dallas Cowboys right now as mm -hmm. part of our company, Becoming Your Best. Huh. And they've, uh, they've asked for a year-long training throughout 2016 and some coaching for their president COO. One of the things we just did, set up a vision, uh, helped all of their senior leaders develop goals around their key performance indicators, and then what's their plans to accomplish those goals in quarter one, quarter two, quarter three, quarter four. And he said, I've seen managers come alive that I've never seen uh, do the things that they're doing now. I mean, they're just on fire. Their employees love being around them. They're so excited. Well, what changed? Those are three of the 12 principles of highly successful leaders is that you lead with vision and you manage with a plan and then you prioritize your time down week in and week out focusing on what matters most. So that's a start. I love it. Um, love what you said about that was that um, people are getting excited and the reason they're there is because they have someone like you to help them. So many people try and do it in a bubble um, and if you have a coach, a mentor, um, someone like you that comes in with their company and helps them, um, signs up for regular coaching, that it keeps you on task with that and keeps you motivated and keeps the vision clear and makes you set those hardline goals. Yeah, absolutely. Do you mind if I come back to a question that you asked earlier and one that I've been thinking about? Uh, and it's one that I actually hear a lot. You know, Joe, when I was eating breakfast with him, he's like, when do I write it? How do I know if I should write a book or not? Mm -hmm. you mind if I answer that question? Oh, yeah, that's a great question. You alluded to it earlier, uh, but I want to come back to that. I'd say, you know what, listen to the voice inside of you. Not everyone has to write a book. You don't have to write a book. But if you feel something inside of you that is compelling you and driving you towards wanting to, then do it. So listen to that little voice inside of you. And sometimes you don't know why you're doing it. Maybe it's for you. <laughs> Maybe it's for your kids. Maybe it's for the world. So who knows? But if you feel something inside of you prompting you to write it, write it. We live in an age where anyone who wants to write a book can write a book. It didn't used to be that way. There used to be huge barriers to entry. Uh, now there's not. It's actually very simple to do it. Uh, it's just a process. Uh, but number one, I'd say we help people do that um, because sometimes they have fear. I don't know how to do it. How do I get from point A to point B? How do I get it published? And it seems so complicated and so it stops them in their tracks. Well, that's right. So, you know, for example, six or seven years ago, I never thought that I'd be writing a book. I knew that my dad's book was already well on its way and that that was going to be a great success and it has. It's been a national bestseller on USA Today, uh, Washington Post. It was number one in Barnes & Noble uh, throughout all their bookstores across the United States and companies are using it around the world. I knew that was on its way but I didn't expect that I'd be writing a book. And then I started thinking, you know what? I had this tough experience in high school and there are kids struggling through high school all over America. Mm -hmm. and so that, what's something that could help them? And see that all of a sudden that little voice inside said, you know, why don't you put something together? So how to succeed in high school, 30 fast tips that every parent in high school student needs to know. It's designed for them, it's simple, quick little tips. And I self-published it, so it was easy. It wasn't that hard to do. Uh, and these are little action items that anybody can use. And if it could help one high school student, wonderful, then it's made a difference and it was worth doing it. Um, do you mind if I share one more thought with you on that? Yeah, please do. Uh, so, you know, regardless of what religion you are, that doesn't matter. I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, also known as Mormons. And as I mentioned, I served a two-year mission. Well, there are 80,000 missionaries that go out every year. These are between the ages of 19 and 25, so you know, pretty young men and young women, really, if you look at it. <laughs> Many times right out of high school. They go out there for two years. They don't date. They don't watch TV. There's no schooling. It's very focused on serving others and sharing 
the gospel. Mm-hmm. Now, when you come back, you're expected to jump back right into real life, go to college, date. Hey, you've been in a structured environment. Now you're on your own. It's kind of like good luck. Right. And it's a it's a tough transition for a lot of people. And you think, on average, forty thousand missionaries coming home every year, and having to get back into a quote unquote a normal life. Mm-hmm. And that's been a real struggle for some people. And it's a hard transition to make. Mm-hmm. And so I just had this feeling about a year and a half, two years ago. You know, why don't you write a book that would help missionaries in that transition? And so I wrote a book very specifically niche focused towards LDS returning missionaries and it's called Return and Succeed. And it's to help return missionaries make that transition from the mission back into their normal life. Mm-hmm. But see, it's that little voice inside. When you feel it and when you hear it, you should follow it and act on that. And again, maybe the book's just for you. Uh, there are three books that I wrote who only my family has and only my close friends. They're just personal thoughts and personal ideas. But I want them to be able to get passed down to our grandkids and great-grandkids, and no one will ever see those books other than my family. Right. So you don't necessarily know why you're writing it, but if you feel something inside of you, act on that. You know, Don't push it off. I love that. I was just um, listening to a book today where she said the exact same thing. She said, listen to your inside voice and and use the inspiration that comes to you, um, whether it's from you know the higher being, if you believe in that, or in God, or in Jesus, whatever you believe in. Listen to that voice and listen to that inner voice because it's it's always right. <laughs> now you've been through um, both publishing processes, where you sound like you've self-published and you also have a publisher. Um, explain that to some of the people and what your experiences were. Yeah, so this is probably the most daunting part of the process for someone who hasn't written a book, in my opinion, is just getting started. Not knowing where to start, not knowing how to do it. And now we live in a world where you know, you can take two very different approaches to that. So let me just walk you through both approaches. I know you both know this, but it might be valuable to some of your listeners. Maybe they've gotten bits and pieces of it, but maybe there will be a part here that's new or that they haven't heard yet. Uh, so what's the difference? First of all, self-publishing is easy. <laughs> in comparison, in comparison to using a publisher. To use a publisher is a long, arduous process and there's a huge barrier to entry right now. So let me just start on the self-publishing side. Uh, What are we talking about here? First of all, writing a book. And you've got to ask yourself three questions. Why are you writing the book in the first place? You know, you've got to have a why. What is your why? Second, who's your target? And you might say everyone. I mean, becoming your best, the 12 principles of highly successful leaders, anyone can read that and have an incredible experience. We've had people say it saved their marriages. Okay, well, that's wonderful. That's not who the target was for. So in the beginning, we'd say, who's the target? Well, everyone. Well, that's that certainly is true, but you've got to figure out who is your target. Uh, so, for example, mom's trying to balance being a mom and their work or a specific exercise program and eating lifestyle for those over 30 years old. Now you're getting into a very specific niche. Uh, so even if it applies to everyone, try and focus in on a target. And then develop a plan that works for you to write your book. Uh, so, for example, with Return and Succeed, we flew to Rwanda to do a, to do a uh, training there for 200 entrepreneurs. And I rode on the plane there and back. My son had wrestling practice for two hours a day. Well, I knew that I could use his time during wrestling to just sit and watch him and type while I watched him. So practice after practice after practice, just typing, typing, typing. Uh, so that's, that's got to be the genesis in the beginning is know your why, who's your target, and then have a basic plan. Then, I'll just go through these quickly. Uh, get an editor. You can go to Upwork.com, hire a five-star editor. There are a lot of other ways to do it as well, mm-hmm. uh, but that's a simple way to find some great editors. Uh, but I always search and filter for five-star editors. 
Uh, you may want to develop mental edit first, which helps give you the direction in your book. And then you'll certainly need someone or want someone to help you proof it, a proof edit in a typeset. Uh, get a graphic designer. You can use the same place or other resources. Upwork.com, again, is just a sharing. Are you familiar with Upwork? Yeah, we've used it before. So it's just, it's, just one, mm -hmm. it's just one place of many that you can have designers from around the world apply uh, to help you. And then once you have done that, I mean, once you've had the book uh, proof, edited, typeset, and you've selected a graphic designer to help you with the cover, you're almost basically done. Then you can use CreateSpace, CreateSpace.com. You can upload it onto Amazon, and your book is available. Uh, it's kind of a blessing and a curse. It's a blessing in that anyone can write a book, and it's a curse in that anyone can write a book. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because it's almost, uh, if you look now, there's almost just a saturation of books out there, which doesn't mean you shouldn't write a book. It just means that why are you writing the book? Again, it can be for you, for someone else, your family. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're going to go the publisher route, that's a totally different process. You know, you talk about being disruptive versus disruptive. Mm -hmm. That is an industry that is being disrupted right now. They are very much on their heels because of Amazon. Right. They're in chaos. It's disorganized. They're in a, it's a tough place right now for them. And so they're very selective about what type of books they're going to take on. And what are they looking for is you really first have to have an audience that you can sell your book to. Either your name's got to be Bill Clinton, <laughs> mm -hmm. it's got to be George Bush, mm -hmm. or you've got to have an awesome audience that already follows you that you could sell to, and you've got to show them that. In other words, they're not going to be your marketer. So right. don't expect the publishing company to market your book. You market your book, basically. Uh, and if you fit in that category where you say, you know what, I have an audience. I have a large group of people who I could sell and market my book to. Great. Then you are a candidate for a publisher if you want to do that. But you need to know going in that process, it's long, it's arduous. You kind of lose control of your content a little bit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, but the one advantage that you do get with a publisher is distribution. So if you think that your book could end up in airports and bookstores, then that's where they have an advantage is they can help with distribution. It goes beyond just Amazon. Right. Uh, so if that's the route you want to go, you need to get an agent. And, and an agent will help you. So, for example, we use Dupree Miller. She's the agent for Joel Osteen, Stephen Covey, and many others. Uh, Dr. Phil. The agent is just like in sports. The agent's going to go try and get you a contract at a different NFL franchise or NBA franchise they're going to shop your book around to different publishers and then ultimately, hopefully, you're going to get an offer from a publisher. Now, what is the publisher going to be looking for? This is why it's a long, arduous process. <laughs> You've got to write a book proposal. The book yeah. proposal is going to be about 70 plus pages. Yeah. Uh, many times, you don't have to write the whole book. You just write the first couple chapters and then a very brief summary of what the remaining chapters would look like. Uh, your agent will help you with the book proposal, but be prepared for a lot of hours of work in that book proposal. And then once you have that book proposal, that's what they're going to shop to the different publishers. In our case, McGraw-Hill made us an offer, mm -hmm. and we took that offer. From the time that the publisher makes the offer to you, though, you need to realize it's going to be nine months to a year before your book comes out. Wow, I don't think I knew that time frame. Yeah, that's a long time. So in the LDS market, Deseret Book and Covenant Communications, from the time they say yes, it's nine months to a year out right now. McGraw-Hill, Wiley, and others, it's nine months to a year from the time they say yes, depending on the organization. It could be longer, mm -hmm. uh, but that's the cycle and rhythm and how far out they're looking. When you're done with your final edit with them, I mean, what I'm saying, when you're done with your final edit, we say this is the final version. From that point, it's about five to six months from coming out. Wow. So it's a long process. What's mm -hmm. the advantage? Distribution. That's the only advantage I can think of. Uh, yeah. But if someone wants to go that route, you better find someone who's done it before. You need to get someone who has been published by a major author, or excuse me, a major publisher, 
and ask them the processes, the gotchas. For example, you better have an attorney review the contract that the publisher sends you because right. it's heavily weighted in their favor. Yeah. And unless you make edits, they're going to crush you and take your content. They own your content, basically, yeah. unless you make adjustments in the contract, which we did. We made a lot of adjustments, and they agreed to most of them. But if you just sign it right out, you've just sold away about everything. Uh, so those are some things that you need to think about, publisher versus self-published. Uh, the McGraw-Hill route was great. You know, They helped with the distribution. It was the number one national bestseller. Uh, How to Succeed in High School was just published through Amazon, and that's been great in that route. Uh, Return to Succeed was published through a publisher, and they've been very good to work with. Uh, we're going to do two more books, and we're going to self-publish those ones because, mm -hmm. number one, we want to maintain 100% control of the content this time. Yep. And number two, we don't want to wait two years. Yeah. <laughs> Right. And you know, there's something that's in between, which is what Jen and I do with Elite Online Publishing. There's self-publishing, doing it all yourself, there's their traditional publisher, and then Elite Online Publishing bridges the gap between the two. So you, in your instance, you can keep doing what you want to do and what you do best, which is promote your business, work at your business, and write your books, where we take care of all the technical stuff and get your cover done, and we launch your book, and, um, and we do it on a distribution that's much larger than just Amazon. I think we're on over 200 different distribution channels for you to get your book out there, and, um, and we make all of our authors number one bestsellers on Amazon. So it's kind of like if you, you needed someone to bridge the gap, and that's why we started our company, because we could see the need that you need to bridge the gap between those two things to take care of all the technical work and make it simplified for you and take the fear and the arduousness out of it. Mm -hmm. so. Well, one yeah. thing I really liked on the, on the key points that you, that you mentioned about a publisher um, that I think if you are going to go that route is getting the agent. You know, you would never um, go try and try out for a football team if you were a great football player without getting a sports agent. So if you're going to go the publisher route, then you definitely need the agent. I think that's a great tip for people to go to an agent who's going to help you get that work done and get your summary and all that stuff finished. And it is a tough process. Again, unless you yeah. are a reputable, you know, like if you're a CEO of a company with 4,000 employees, you're going to get their attention. Yeah. Uh, if you have a large audience, you're going to get their attention. But to get an agent's not easy. Now, having said that, don't let anyone ever tell you that it can't be done. Uh, you can find a way to do it. You can find a way. Uh, Jack Canfield, I imagine most of your listeners know his story, so I'm not going to repeat it. But he was told no tens and tens and tens and tens of times, I think more than 100 plus times when it was all said and done, Till finally he found a small little publisher who said yes. That small little publisher is now rich because of Chicken Soup for the Soul. Right. Uh, but the point is, don't give up just because you get told no. You're going to get told no a lot. If you even venture down this path and you want to think about publishing with a publisher, the word no is going to become very familiar to you. <laughs> and I love that you've been through both processes and you're choosing to do self-publishing um, through your company instead of having to wait for that long time frame. So um, I like that you're, you've chosen the more current way to do it by self-publishing. Well, yeah. I, also think, um, I also think the other key thing about the self-publishing that's a, such a good plus is that you do own all your content, and no one else is going to be making money off of your content. So you own it, and you make the money. Yeah, you know, and there are advantages to both. Mm -hmm. We made a conscious decision with this next book, The Six Steps to Planning and Execution, you know, how to develop and execute a plan. Mm -hmm. We made a conscious decision to do that mainly based on time frame and because yeah. there's already demand amongst our clients. We've trained organizations all over the world, many of them having hundreds and thousands of employees, right. Fortune 500 companies and others. So they, 
they want to get these books for their employees. They want to get these books for their friends. You've right? got that distribution channel ready. So. so we're ready to put it out there, and we don't want to wait the year to two years. Uh, you know, yeah, if you want to roll out a book, if you want to roll out a book to be on New York Times or the Washington Post or USA Today, oh. a publisher is the way to get you to do that. Um, but it is just a long route, and you just have to weigh the pros and cons of which one works for you. Um, and, you know, I want to make a good point. I'm going to kind of circle back. We're going to wind things up a little bit. And um, I love the key points you said about your book is to come up with a vision and make a plan and execute. And um, people just don't do your goals. Uh, Jen and I, Elite Publishing, is coming out with a new planner, daily planner. And in the planner, it has two different spots for you to say your goals. In the morning, write down what you want and what your big dreams and visions are. And then um, we have something called sleeping on your dreams. So, and saying again what you want and what's accomplished during the day and to write your goals down not just once but twice a day. And I think you're so right. It makes such a difference to actually write them down and to look at them every day. Yeah, absolutely. Just keeping it in front of you. It's power focus. If you want a fun little activity, I won't ask you two to do it here, but uh, stand up, put your arms out, and put one leg out in front of you, and close your eyes. And watch what happens is you're going to sit there and struggle around to keep your balance. If you do the exact same thing, but you stare at a point on the wall in front of you, you're going to be laser-like focused on that point. You're going to be balanced. There's not going to be any wavering left to right. And it's the exact same with a written goal. There's huge power in writing it down and keeping it in front of you and seeing it. And yet, it's just amazing that a lot of people don't do that. As soon as you do, however, you see the transformation, and it's a mindset and a discipline to continue doing it. Yeah, that's awesome. I think that's just great advice. So we want to leave you all with make sure you do that. Come up with your vision. Come up with the plan for your vision and execute it by putting a timeline on it too. Give yourself a deadline. Uh, like Rob said, I think that's so important. So Rob, what would you like to leave us with today, your last thoughts? And uh, we want to know where we can find you. And um, we're looking forward to buying your books and your new book that's coming out as well. <laughs> There's a great quote I heard that says, never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed people can change the world. Indeed, it's the only thing that ever has. And you know, you have listeners all over. I don't know where your listeners are at, but they're scattered all over the place. And that's the beauty of technology that we can do that. So never doubt the influence of one person or just a small little group of people and the influence they can have literally around the world. We just don't know where our influence will end. And that's the power of a book is that it allows you to have your voice go out and potentially help someone in some other place that you never dreamt it would end up. We never thought in our wildest dreams that we would be in Rwanda teaching 200 entrepreneurs. That happened because of a book. Uh, we met with the president of the country in his, off, in his version of the Oval Office. We never dreamt that would be happening. It happened because of a book. So never doubt your ability to influence other people to include the world, and I'm not overstating that. Uh, so if you would like to look at some things that could help you as far as being a great leader in your home and your business, how to ignite teams to fuel high performance. And I'm talking about your teenage sons and daughters. I'm talking about your employees. I don't care at what level we're at. Great leaders get great results because they do the things that great leaders do that most others don't do. Uh, so you can visit our website, becomingyourbest.com. Uh, if you want to click on the book, you can order it there, invest in it there, or you can go to Amazon, search for Becoming Your Best, The 12 Principles of Highly Successful Leaders. And man, Invest in a book. <laughs> it's always an investment. It's not an expense. Uh, and see what impact it can have on your life. And then turn around and replicate and do the same for someone else. Uh, give, you a cop 
give a copy to someone else or you know go write your own book and share that uh, but becomingyourbest.com you're gonna find multiple different resources and tools uh, to include a weekly email that helps you focus on one principle a week how to develop a vision how to develop a plan how to create a customer experience how to communicate effectively with your spouse and employees uh, so that's a free service that we provide for our listeners our clients becomingyourbest.com just put in your first name and email uh, it's a free ad for you uh, so hey thanks to both of you for doing that I think it's a great service that you're doing you're helping a lot of people and keep it up because you're making a difference throughout the world so thank you to both of you thank you Thank you so much for being here, Ron. We really appreciate you. Um, we want to remind you to subscribe to our podcast. Please leave us a review. Tell us what you think and share it. And uh, we want to let you know if uh, you want to go to Elite Online Broadcasting. We would love to hear from you. Uh, Elite Online Publishing. We would love to hear from you there. We have a special offer for you from Audible. Um, just click on Audible when you go to the About section on us and click on Audible. And we have two free books and a 30-day trial for you. If you click on it right there for just joining us today so come join us again again subscribe and share and leave us a review and we will see you next time eliteonlinepublishing.com to get your free book the accomplishment and success story starter simply text your name and email to 832-572-5285 that's 832-572-5285 We'd also like to thank Audible for supporting Elite Expert Insider. To get your free 30-day trial, please go to bit.ly forward slash Elite Audible. That's bit.ly forward slash Elite Audible. And get your free 30-day trial to show your support. Thank you, Audible.